live from WNUR News. I'm Brendan Prizman. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It is April 10th, 2023. Tonight on WNUR News. Severe weather on campus. Rosalia's new EP. Underground lab monkeys. And a look into movies and Taylor Swift's rumored breakup. Those stories coming up tonight on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it's the first show of the quarter, and we are super excited to be back. Let's get right into it with the local story. Last weekend, Northwestern students received alerts of tornado warnings, flash flood watches, and severe weather. Justine Fisher recaps student reactions to heavy rains in contrast to an often idealized sunny spring quarter. A hazardous weather outlook warning is issued as a weather system approaches the Midwest. We're starting to see lightning, starting to hear uh, thunder in the distance. So it's obviously coming this way. So here in the next few hours, we'll start to see some thunderstorms pop up in our area. And for today, we are talking all severe risk. We do have the chance to have tornadoes, wind, hail and flooding. Last week, 16 tornadoes hit northern Illinois and Indiana, according to CBS News. Though Chicago never actually saw its own tornado, severe weather that included heavy rain and strong winds lasted through Tuesday and Wednesday. There was even midday hail, with some Chicago suburbs reporting them to be as large as a tennis ball. The severe weather didn't go unnoticed on campus. Last weekend, on a Friday night, students received an alert. From the National Weather Service, A flash flood warning is in effect for this area until 11 p.m. This is a dangerous and life-threatening situation. Do not attempt to travel unless you are fleeing an area subject to flooding or under an evacuation order. The weather notably dampened campus over those days. And coming off of a relatively mild winter quarter, I wanted to check in with students about being welcomed back from spring break with tornado warnings. Weinberg sophomore Katia Chada is born and raised in Chicago and says she was unfazed by the warnings. In fact, she doesn't feel like she really changed her behavior at all. I feel like we get them a lot um, in the fall and in the spring around here. And unless you're really out, like way, way out there where there's not a lot of buildings, I feel like they're not really anything to be worried about as long as you're not going to be outside. However, some students were more affected than others. Short power outages were reported in Greenhouse and in Bob Hall. Though unconfirmed, some report a student getting stuck in an elevator when the power went out in Bob. While the weather was certainly severe, an actual tornado never did hit Evanston. Katya added that she can only remember one time when a tornado actually came into the city of Chicago. Actually, I want to say last year or the year before, there was a tornado that briefly touched down um, because it did like knock over a tree by my house. But even that, there's never really any buildings that are damaged. Um, I think just there's Mm -hmm. like nowhere for the tornado to go. While Katya doesn't see why the tornado warnings would necessarily have ruined too many people's weekends, she understands how they can be jarring as we get into spring quarter. Many Northwestern students 
idealize the spring as an escape from a snowy few months, a time when Northwestern feels like a beach school. Now Katya sees this as more of a reality check, that good weather isn't coming yet. I would love, I would love it if the weather just magically got better when we came back from spring break. I think even growing up in this area, I forget that. I go on spring break every year. I'm in a warm place and I come back expecting it to be magically nice. And unfortunately, I feel like we don't get that like nice, consistently warm weather until at least the end of April, May, like early May. Uh, which unfortunately is like half of spring quarter. <laughs> if we can take anything away from last week's tornado warnings, it may be just that. Evanston has a few more weeks to go before blankets and hammocks start popping up on the lake fill. For WNUR News, I'm Justine Fisher. And moving on to arts and entertainment, Reporters Maria Camano and Maria Aragon reunite to dive into Rosalia once again. This time, however, they discuss her newest EP with fiancé Raul Alejandro. Welcome back to Maria Squared reviewing a Latino <laughs> album. <laughs> if you guys recall, last year we did the same exact thing so a year ago we reviewed the marias i maria jimena aragon and i maria camano we reviewed rosalia's album and now we're back at it again with a new ep of not just rosalia but also raul alejandro and we're so excited to give you guys our thoughts questions and concerns so let's get started so, what were your expectations going into RR? So, I didn't really know much about Rosalia and Raul's, like, relationship before. Like, I was just like, oh, mm -hmm. I know they're dating and that's it. Oh. And I knew that this was, like, a lot of hype and excitement before. Mm -hmm. This EP dropping, they had said that they were going to do a song together. And I was like, okay, I'll listen to it. You know, Rosalia's pretty good. And I'm like, you yeah, know, it's vibe. But now, I'm obsessed. I'm also obsessed. Oh my gosh, it's only three little songs, but I don't know, I enjoyed it. No, I, yeah. I mean, I'm so going into RR, I was really excited because I've been following Rosario and Rao since they started dating. Mm. So I've like, since like the pandemic. So that was also when I didn't even, I wasn't even that big of a fan of both of them. And then I think I've become over the years like a really big fan of like Rao. And then Motomami, when we did the review, I was so surprised at how good it was. Mm -hmm. But I know that they've talked in interviews also about how Rosalia's really, like, she really loves getting into the production aspect. And they've apparently recorded a ton of songs together. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they were releasing just three, I was like, these have to be fantastic that they're willing to, like, release them. Yeah. But yeah. And then when I, what was your reaction when you first heard it? So I heard a snippet of Beso, and I was like, I thought it was so catchy. Like, it was yeah. just in my head, and I was like, oh, okay. And I was just, like, yeah. telling my friends, I was like, oh, I have a song in my head, stuck in my head. But yeah. I seen it on TikTok. Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see it when it dropped. I did remember, like, swiping through stories and stuff, and they had done a live. But I didn't have enough time to, like, look through it. But I just remember hearing that little chunk, and it just stuck in my head. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'm going to listen to the whole song. 
And then I loved it. And then I listened to the second one. And then I listened to the third one. And we keep repeating it. The thing is, I saw Rosalia's TikTok that she did with the snippet. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think, like five days before the album came out. And I literally would go back to the TikTok just to listen to it again. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, I'm going to be listening to it nonstop when it comes out. So let's walk through the EP. So what were your thoughts on Beso when you first heard it? Like, what did you think about the song? And then... What do you think about the music video? Because out of this EP, this is the only song that has a music video so far. So when I heard it, I think the part that got stuck in my head was, Yo necesito otro beso. Like that little mm -hmm. part was like, mm, I was like, okay, this is so cute. Mm -hmm. It's very melodic, like they're singing together. It's just kind of like a conversation with each other, I guess, at that mm -hmm. point. And my thoughts on the music video, I loved it. I I know I was expecting like some sort of cutesy montage. Let's do it again. Yeah. I was expecting some sort of, you know, cutesy montage. Like, we knew that this was happening to artists, you know, good PR. But then, you know, watching it, you're like, oh, this is cute. Like, you're like, ah, oh, this is mm -hmm. what we wanted. But then at the end, when they announced their engagement, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And, like, that's such a cute way also to release it for their fans, but also keep it private. Like, mm -hmm. I love that they kept it, like, to themselves. They really played people because when she, she had pictures, like, in the past with the ring. Mm -hmm. And people were like, oh, they're engaged. But then everyone was like, oh, they haven't mentioned anything about it. So, like, like they didn't even have to do anything. I like it. They're very private as a couple, but they're not, like, unconscious of the fact that the world is looking at them. I don't no, know. So yeah. a lot of artists would be like, oh, give us our privacy in our space. Yeah. But they just give enough. And you know that they, like, appreciate yeah. each other. Obviously, this is all on social media. It's yeah. all, it's all it could be different behind closed doors. But for now, I think it's such a sweet relationship. Yeah, I also, I agree. I love them as a couple. I also think that it was interesting because people were comparing them to Carol G and Anuel, mm. who, um, if people don't know, they, when they started dating, they didn't, um, like, release music together per se, but they went on tour together. And then they had a horrible breakup. And um, people were trying to, like, compare them. But then I think because they announced their engagement, people were like, oh... This isn't, like, them just releasing music to release music. It's because, like, they're fully, like, ready to, like, be together forever. That's why they're releasing music together now. And I liked that a lot. So cute. But, yeah. Best I think is, like, the more poppy, like, song that yeah. I feel like... I feel like every album has, like, that one song. The single that they yeah, drop. <laughs> the one that's, like, on the radio all the time. Mm -hmm. That's the one. Like, Beso's that one. But it's, like, so cutesy. And yeah. it's, like... I think it's great. And then we go on to Vampiros. You know what? Let them hear. Play it now. Mi pistola no tiene seguro, se dispara sola. Este Barcelona, pero está en Carola. Ya no es seguidora, ella es la ola. You know what? For me, like, I think when people do joint albums, there's always songs that are, like, more so, like, to the style of each artist. And I think Vampiros is Raus. Oh, yeah. Like, Vampiros is, like, the one that I was, like, this was, like, I can see Raus influence in mm -hmm. this one. And then Promesa was more, like, Rosalia. <gasps> and 
And um, besos them too. And besos them too, yeah. And so Vampiros for me is like one of like the more like fun ones. Like I want to hear that at a club. What did you think when you listened to that? So I was watching like this interview with both of them and they were saying that Beso, Vampiros, and Promesa are in a specific order. And it's like Beso's their past, Vampiros is their present, and Promesa is like the future. I feel like when they say present, it's because I feel like they're at the peaks of their career together. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, I don't know, like I know the song is not about that, but I feel like it gives off that energy. Yeah, and plus they're both on tour right now. Exactly. Like all over the world, and they find the time to be together and things like that. You know, what is there for me to say other than... Let's have fun with the song. Mm-hmm. We are vampiros, I guess. <laughs> so then we move on to the last song in the EP, which is Promesa. Promesa is actually my personal favorite song mm. of on the like EP. Um, and it is a bolero, actually. Yeah, they had talked about it, I think, in an interview about them, like, listening together in the kitchen, boleros. They're like, it's only natural for them to write their own. Mm-hmm. And... I think Rosalia has a lot of influences with different, like, artists, genres, and different things like that. Mm -hmm. A little bit controversial at times. Yes. We shall admit. Pero, um, it's like, you can see the influence and the way that she, like, puts the work out there and she puts her own spin to things. Yeah, and I think Besos Them Together, Vampiros is Rao, and then Promesa, you can clearly tell, is Rosalia. Mm -hmm. Just because also, like, vocally... Her voice suits the bolero mm-hmm. so much. Not that Rao doesn't have an amazing voice, but like she just like exhibits like her vocal skills so much, like in Promesa. That's so cute that they said that it's because they listen to a lot of boleros together. Cause they said that this is like the song that represents like their future together. So like that means like years of them like dancing to boleros together in the kitchen. That's so cute. Love is alive and well. <laughs> Una promesa. Well, okay, takeaways, conclusions. Takeaways, conclusions, thoughts, questions, concerns. Yes. I will say this is just an EP. Mm-hmm. I know that they've written many, many other songs. I need a full album. Like, I also need a full album. I need a full album because their work really well together. And mm-hmm. I know that they're both both very serious artists mm-hmm. and very picky and professional. Yeah. That I feel like they can really, you know, keep pushing. And I feel like because they're together, it just makes sense. It's organic yeah. and natural. I think I need a full album. But also I need a full album because I need a tour. Because they're both such good performers mm-hmm. that I think a tour, like a tour of them together, mm-hmm. a show. Actually, rewind, scratch all of that. We need to get invited to the wedding. That's, That's what we need. Yes. That's the first and foremost here. What's another takeaway? Um, this weird freaking collaboration with Coca Cola and Rosalia <laughs> has been, uh, you know, very much fueling this conversation today. If you did not know, Mena. <laughs> Mena came over to my place to record this. She was like, listen, I got a Rosalia Coca-Cola. We need to do a taste test. Can you tell the audience your thoughts? So it's apparently called Coke Move. It's supposed to shift flavors as you drink it. It literally says transformation flavored. Now, that's a terrifying thing to say. 
But um, honestly, it just has a different aftertaste. It tastes like Coke, and then it tastes like a marshmallow. I'm not mad at it. It's just weird. <laughs> but um, I don't know why Coca-Cola said let's hit up Rosalia, but Rosalia's in her bag this year. And, I know she really is. And we're here to review it and talk about it. Yuck. Rosalia, if you're listening, we love you. Hashtag Dominion News. I'm Maria Jimena Aragon. I'm Maria Camaño. And this was the Maria's for WNUR News. And finally, in oddities, it has been rumored that beneath the very sidewalks that Northwestern students use every day is a colony of lab monkeys. Oddities reporter Helen Bradshaw investigates. So my roommate Cade approached me in the kitchen. Helen, have you heard about the monkeys that are living underneath the sidewalks right outside Kellogg? What? Of course, it doesn't seem unlikely that a top research institution would have monkey labs. But still, why hadn't I heard this before? I asked around at one of our WNUR meetings, and a few members had heard the same rumor, but no one could confirm it. So I started digging. I study how gut microbes affect the health and the biology of the organisms that they live in. And a lot of the work that I do in that area is in wild non-human primates. Katie Amato is a non-human primate researcher at Northwestern. She studies gut microbes of monkeys in Mexico. I went to her first to learn about her work and if there were any on-campus primates other than us, of course. Most of the work that I do is still with wild primates. A lot of it is done through collaborators that have their own long-term field sites. I do work with the Lincoln Park Zoo still on projects here and there. Um, And then I do also work with some um, kind of captive research centers as well um, to get certain types of data. For Amato's work, a lab on campus isn't a reasonable choice. We know in terms of the microbiome that it changes in captivity um, because there's not the same sort of exposure to environmental microbes that are in like dirt and things like that. I believe there are some non-human primates uh, on campus. There are not very many is my understanding. Um, I think there's maybe a handful uh, and I'm not sure in terms of how they are distributed between campuses. So I went searching to see if I could find any indication that there were monkeys in building basements. I went to the Panko building, where I had been told the rumored monkeys might be. A a radiated laboratory animal diet. It has a rat, mouse and rat diet. Does that mean it's four mice? Complete diet for rodents. Okay, not primates. Several bags of rat food and some awkward conversations with lab technicians later, and no non-human primates to be found. I did find some business cards with links to an animal science website, but I didn't have the credentials to access any of the pages. But Amato did give me information on another non-human primate researcher. Unfortunately for the great monkey mystery, Dr. Mark Seagraves retired in 2021. He wrote, Currently, there is no non-human primate research being done on the Evanston campus. So, although there were a few monkeys on Northwestern's campus in the past, there aren't now, at least not in Evanston. But just as I had come to this conclusion is when I learned about the work of Northwestern researcher Lee Miller. We set up a Zoom call. I'll just start with the basics. Could you talk a little bit about yourself, um, what type of research you do? Sure. Um, My primary appointment is at the neuroscience department down at the medical school. And I've been studying the way the brain controls limb movements, which means reaching and grasping movements with monkeys for quite a long period of time. They're all macaque 
monkeys, and they're almost all rhesus. There are a couple of other sort of cousins of the rhesus that we've used, but for the most part, that's it. And they all live on the Chicago campus? Yes. Well, that answers part of the question. There are monkeys on Northwestern Chicago campus. But why are they there? How are researchers studying them? Essentially, Miller and his team implant a very small electrode array to monitor monkey brain activity. So we do a surgery uh, with you know, complete monitoring and anesthesia as you would do with a human in order to implant this thing. And then the monkey recovers from that. And then the monkey you know, can wander on his cage, come to the lab happily. Uh, to do these sort of video games that so you know we've we've done a surgery to implant this this array which he didn't give consent to but uh, the the kind of work that we do is necessary on one hand to understand the brain and on the other hand to develop technologies that that can be used to not to treat spinal cord injury, but in fact, to remediate the deficits that are the result of spinal cord injury. My own specialty is to restore the movement of the monkey's own limb and ultimately a human's limb through a process that we call functional electrical stimulation, which basically means you stimulate the muscles electrically and cause them to contract. A few years ago, Miller's lab had about a dozen monkeys. Now he's ramping down his work with them and only has about six at a time. At the end of their time in the lab, some of the monkeys are euthanized to look closer at their brains. As Miller's work ramps down, the future of non-human primates at Northwestern is uncertain. No other on-site monkey researchers are established on campus, and these six monkeys that reside on the Chicago campus may be Northwestern's last. For WNUR News, I'm Helen Bradshaw. Welcome back to WNUR News. It is 6.24 p.m. Central Time, and that means it's time for the B-List, the first one of the spring quarter. This week, the Super Mario Brothers power up at the box office, Joe Alwyn and Taylor Swift might have broken up, and the Barbie movie has dropped a second teaser trailer. Ella Barnes has the scoop. Welcome to the B-List, your weekly roundup of celebrity mess and pop culture. This week, the Super Mario Bros. power up at the box office, Joe Alwyn and Taylor Swift have possibly broken up, and the Barbie movie dropped its second teaser trailer and has left the internet buzzing with excitement. Stick with me. First, Universal and Illumination's highly anticipated Super Mario Bros. movie based on the fan-favorite Nintendo franchise debuted this weekend to record-breaking box office numbers. Domestically racking up over $200 million, the film is estimated to have pulled in over $377 million worldwide. Those results far exceeded expectations and have even surpassed the stats of recent installments in Universal's biggest franchises like Jurassic World Dominion and Fast and Furious 9. This one. It's from my one and only true love, Princess Peach. In addition to those records, Jack Black as Bowser's piano ballad, Peaches, has become a surprise hit on streaming services with the track rocketing up digital music charts. So expect the sequel to be announced faster than you could say, let's go. Next up. Rumors of Taylor Swift and her longtime boyfriend Joe Alwyn breaking up have surfaced over the weekend. Swift and Alwyn were first romantically linked in 2016 and had a notoriously private relationship. Neither Swift nor Alwyn has directly commented on the reports as of Monday morning, though fans on social media have noted that the pop star has been crying and getting emotional while singing some of her most heartbreaking songs during her Eras tour performances. Finally. 
Hey, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. So many Barbies, so little time. The second trailer for Greta Gerwig's long-awaited Barbie movie dropped last Tuesday and set the internet ablaze. Every actor you've ever heard of in the past five years is either in this movie or in Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, which is slated to be released on the same day. They're all Barbies, duh. Or a lot of them are, anyway. The rest of the cast will play humans and other dolls, like Ken's. Also, Helen Mirren is the narrator. Barbie movie socials are going all out with individual character posters introducing the massive ensemble. These have led to a slew of spin-off memes based on the posters, only fueling fan excitement over the film. That's all for the B-List this week. Check in next Monday to hear about what happens this week in pop culture. For WNUR News, I'm Ella Barnes. And a look at the weather for tonight. It is set to be a beautiful night with the skies clear and a low of only 50 degrees. Tomorrow, the beautiful weather continues with a high of 72 and partly cloudy skies. Although high winds could drop the temperature a bit. On Wednesday, the wind speeds will increase, but that wind will have also blown away the clouds and we'll be looking at clear skies and sun for the rest of the week. Taking a look into the headlines, the candidates for ASG president have been announced. Donovan Cusick, a junior in Sespe, and Molly Whalen, a junior in McCormick, are running as co-presidents of the government body. The two who are running as co-presidents both have long resumes of service in and for ASG. Even though they are running unopposed, the two are still planning on campaigning, with a town hall set for tomorrow at 8 p.m. Also, in the biggest news on campus perhaps of the year, Jeff Bezos was spotted. So, that's kind of cool. Um, in other national news... Justin Jones, one of the Tennessee Three lawmakers and one of two who was expelled from the Tennessee House of Representatives last week, has been reinstated. The Nashville Metropolitan Council voted to reinstate Jones by a vote of 36 to nothing, allowing him to return to his seat. Justin Pearson, the other legislator who was expelled, could be returned to his seat as soon as Thursday when the Shelby County Board of Commissioners of Memphis meets. The two were expelled from the State House last Thursday after a contentious debate on gun control. And an unfortunate transition after gun control. Four people were killed earlier today in a mass shooting at a bank in downtown Louisville, and nine more were injured. The shooter was an ex-employee at the bank where he carried out the attack, and all four fatalities were also bank workers. The police say officers were called to the bank at 8.30 this morning, and within about three minutes had engaged and neutralized the shooter. Governor Andy Bashir is ordering that all flags in Kentucky remain at half-staff until Friday. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other WNUR News stories on our website, WNUR.News. That's WNUR.News. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our producer today is Paz Baum, and our reporters are Justine Fisher, Maria Camano, Marina Aragon, and Helen Bradshaw. From all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening. I'm Brendan Prizman. Catch our next newscast on Wednesday, April 12th at 6 p.m. Now back to scheduled programming.